Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, so to speak. I'm going to give you an episode all about how to maximize your results at home. Um, I feel like this podcast is probably overdue. I feel like I've been approaching most of my uh, quarantine talk from a mental and a mindset perspective, which I think is very important. But today I want to do this and then we're kind of back to normal content. I'm not going to continually tweak what I am educating on just because of this quarantine because I think at the end of the day this will pass. And when it does, all the same principles, methods, and strategies that we use as coaches will still apply, right? And right now they even apply. But I want to touch on how to maximize your time at home because there's a lot of people doing body weight stuff. There's a lot of people that are confused. There's a lot of people scared because they're not on their specific program, quote unquote, that they're going to lose progress. They don't know what to do with their diet. Um, And then I have other people that uh, are really just smart, (laughs) for lack of better terms, and they just ask me, what should I do? And they ask their coach, what should they do? And, And we as coaches here at Tailored Coaching Method just are tweaking and we're adjusting and we're giving ideas and giving thought processes and really educating them on the intent of exercise as a whole. And when you consider the purpose and intent of exercise, I think you'll realize that just because you don't have a gym doesn't really mean that you can't see results. So we're gonna, I'm going to teach you some things today and just go over concepts, um, 10 different things on how to maximize your results without a gym. Before we get into the episode, guys, I want to give a quick shout out to two small things. The first one is going to be the Tailored Trainer. This is our membership site. And if you are somebody who is at home and wants more guidance on exactly what to do in the gym, you want band workouts, minimal equipment workouts, you want bodyweight workouts, or you have access to full equipment, garage gym, or whatever it may be, We have a program for everybody. We have a program for a three-day, four-day, five-day, six-day split. We have mobility. We have conditioning. We have bodybuilding. We have hybrid programs. We have strength programs. We have fat loss programs. We have full body programs, push-pull legs, upper-lower. We literally have everything you could think of. Um, And the reason we have everything is because we've worked with everybody you can imagine. So we've built a program that is probably going to fit you no matter where you train, how you train, and when you train, and what you have available to train with because we've been adjusting as this has gone on. So if you're in need of smart, intelligent programming that's periodized in a way and delivered to you through an app that makes it so much easier to follow along, sign up for the Taylor Trainer. It is the cheapest and best way to get your training maximized in the gym. Head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash tailored-trainer or click the link in the description below. And then the second, the last thing before we jump on the show, guys, as always, if you love this show, please do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story and tag me. I want to thank you for listening. I want to share it on my story. It's really, really important that we continue to get this message out, especially in a time where people um, have so much free time on their hands. I want them to be consuming the right content and it's up to me to deliver that value. So without any further ado, let's get on to the show. The first thing we want to consider when we are talking about maximizing our progress outside of the gym or at home, essentially, is that we want to chase RPE 
or effort or RIR, like essentially is, is what we're after. We're, we need to think about the intent of every single rep. We need to think of the intensity from an effort perspective, not from a load perspective. Obviously, the loads are going to be changing dramatically, and there's probably not going to be a load. And if it is a load, you might be using a backpack or a can of soup or a band or something else that I'm going to talk, <laughs> touch on today. But the point being is if you chase RIR or RPE, it is going to allow you to match a level of effort that is still going to maximize hypertrophy. So if we look at what actually makes a muscle grow, it's tension. It's literally just tension applied onto the muscle tissue. And that muscle tissue has that stress applied. It has to adapt by recovering. And when it recovers and adapts, it builds new muscle tissues, stronger muscle tissues, bigger muscle tissues, so on and so forth. That's how we build muscle. That's how we get results. That's how we improve uh, strength, so on and so forth. So if we can apply tension, we've already solved one of the the issues. The problem with this is it's much harder to apply enough tension and stress to a muscle in an air squat versus a barbell back squat because we don't have that load. Um, so we can't rely on load as our intensity modality or our intensity vehicle essentially to get us to the destination we're after. We have to focus on internal e- intent. So how do we create more tension on the muscle? Simple. Mind-muscle connection, um, band resistance, uh, slow tempos, things that I'm going to talk about today I don't want to give away before I get to the bullet points. But the point being is we have to create that tension by finding the connection to the muscle and building as much of that connection as we can. It's harder for some people because mind-muscle connection is a skill essentially. But what you want to be working on while you're at home is is learning to develop that mind-muscle connection and learning to increase intensity without adding external load. So you can do an air squat with a five-second negative, a two-second pause, ripping the floor out as hard as you can, imagining that your feet are sinking, sunken into the floor like cement, and you're trying to pry them outwards laterally. You're ripping a band from that's tied around your knees apart. That tension you are creating, you're gripping the floor like you have monkey feet. All these little things that allow you to connect to the muscle and build more tension in the muscle are going to increase your intent and effort without external load. So what this does is it leads to a higher RPE of rate of perceived exertion. And what we know from research is that if we can chase a certain RPE or RIR, reps in reserve, basically both two tools that we can use to gauge our level of intensity through effort, if we can hit that mark, we are still going to be able to either at least maintain muscle, but if not build muscle. Um, And there's actually some really good examples that I've been using with some clients that I've had to adjust. Uh, For example, one of my clients has two 40-pound dumbbells. Literally nothing else. I don't know why he has just two 40-pound dumbbells <laughs> and nothing else, but there's no band. There's no nothing. Just two, just one pair, 40 pounds. That's it. So we're doing a ton of different exercises still. He actually is on an upper-lower split. We're going upper-lower, upper-lower uh, cardio repeat. So it's like a five-day micro cycle, um, but we just adjusted to that. So one of the things I'm having him do is not count reps, but ca- count sets and RIR. So I have him doing, let's say, a uh, dumbbell uh, military press. Now, this is he's a strong dude. He can probably military press 60, 70-pound dumbbells for 8 to 10 reps. So he only has 40. So that's about like 60% of his 8-rep max or whatever. So what he's doing is doing uh, four sets with a reps in reserve of two. So literally every set, I'm like, I want you to literally do as many as you can and stop two two reps shy of failure. It's an RPE of eight. You're going to about 80 to 85% of maximal effort through intensity, like as hard as you can. And then set two, same thing. Set three, I want you to leave one in the tank. Set four, I want you to leave zero in the tank. So by the time he gets to his fourth set, he's leaving nothing in the tank. Um, Now, what's going to happen is he might be doing 
30 reps set one, 25 set two, that's fine. We are getting a burn, we're getting lactic acid, metabolites are accumulating, we are getting some metabolic stress, and we are still placing tension on the muscle, we're still gonna have hypertrophy. In fact, research has shown that you can do five reps, 10 reps, 15 reps, or 30 reps. And the weight obviously lowers as the reps go up, but hypertrophy does not change if volume is still matched. That's all that matters. And what they equate that to is that by the time you get to 25 to 30 reps of that lighter weight, your level of effort and you're you're reaching a point of near failure that is equivalent to what you are reaching near failure five reps with a heavier load. And what is equating to the muscle hypertrophy is that level of effort creating maximal tension on the muscle. So one question people would ask is, why don't we always do that? Why wouldn't we always do high reps with lighter weight then? Some would even argue maybe it's safer, right? Like it's safer to do lighter loads with uh, with more reps so you don't have joint issues. The, the problem with that is, is A, when you get too bad of a pump, it's hard to do your next set. So when you do a set of five, you can get a good amount of hypertrophy in less time because it takes you way less time to do five reps than it does 30. So not only are you saving time in the gym, but that pump that you get from a set of five is very minimal and it'll probably go away in a, in a minute. You do a set of 30, your shit is burning, you can't straighten your arms and you have a pump for four or five minutes and you have to take a longer break. So there's, there's different aspects here. Now, we can also say that sets of 30 probably aren't going to build as much high, uh, strength as sets of 5 or 10, which means they're not as, as beneficial. And I would say staying within the 5 to 15 rep range for 100% of your training is probably the best route to go if your goal is aesthetics, fat loss, or muscle growth. The thing with this to remember is that if you still chase that RIR or RPE, that level of effort, that intensity, you're getting still close to failure. So you're almost to failure and you stop because you don't want to go to complete failure on everything. You are still going to have enough tension and stress placed on the muscle to grow or at least maintain. So the first point I have on this list is the most important. You have to chase effort. You have to focus on reps in reserve and a rate of perceived exertion with your body weight, band, minimal equipment training. And I would focus on that more than rep counts because for some people – if, if he had one 45-pound kettlebell, we got to change the exercise, but I'm still going to say, hey, you might not be able to do as many reps. But that's okay. Leave two in the tank. Leave two in the tank. Leave two in the tank. And it's like, are you doing five reps? Are you doing 40 reps? I don't really care. We're placing tension on the muscle and we're getting near failure, and that's really what's going to lead to results because effort is one of the biggest drivers of hypertrophy. Um, so that's the first point I want to make. And I, and I would suggest most people, and like I said, this is what I'm doing with a lot of clients, is uh, in the Taylor Trainer, we have three at-home workouts uh, rotating right now for different people with just body weight, just bands, or minimal equipment, which is like dumbbells and bands. Um, and all of them have RIR, so reps in reserve. So even if I say 10 to 20 reps, you're probably going to be in that range, but I'm really focusing on that RIR. And with my, uh, my individual clients that I'm helping on a private level one-on-one -on -one that I coach – um, same with my coaches who work with these people, we're doing the same thing. You might have a wide range of rep ranges and that's okay. So stop focusing right now, at least for the time being, stop focusing on that ideal rep range, which like I said before, is probably around five to 15 in most cases. Don't worry about that right now. Rather focus on your effort and your intensity. Um, how hard are you going on the set? How close to failure are you? Are you reaching that close to failure point? And if you are, that's when we're going to see the best results possible. The second thing for today, number two, is get creative. Muscles are stupid. Um, so kind of piggybacking off that first point, muscles understand basically one thing, tension. 
or you could say resistance, right? They don't really recognize where that tension is coming from as far as what equipment you are using. So if the muscle is getting tension placed on it and stress is occurring, it's it's going to be forced to recover, adapt, and build. So the the point with this is, and what that leads us to believe is that it doesn't matter if you do a kettlebell or a dumbbell or a band or a barbell or chains or body weight or whatever else you have, a machine, a cable, it's just applied resistance. And what applied resistance gives us is tension. And tension placed on the muscle creates a stress in which we have to adapt to, which is the process of muscle growth. Um, and again, even if your goal is fat loss, guess what you want to chase? Muscle growth. Because the best way to maintain muscle on a cut or uh, train favorably for fat loss is to train for muscle. So I still recommend the same principles no matter where you are in your journey. Uh, but at the end of the day, like what we have to remember is that Tension is tension, stress is stress. So how do we apply that tension? Cool. Don't worry about the minor details. Don't worry that you only have one band or you only have a pair of 40-pound dumbbells like my guy. Just focus on tension. So if we apply tension in the muscle, we're good. And there's so many great exercises. I mean, just to, just to break down a few that I've been using a lot of that I really like, um, bench hamstring curls, unbelievable. Um, be in like a 90-90 position on the bench dig your heels into the bench and then do hip bridges, but you're driving your heels down towards the, the floor into the bench, your hamstrings are going to light up. So it's, it's almost like a bridge hamstring curl, but it activates the hamstrings more than the glutes, which makes it more like a leg curl. But it's a great substitution for lying leg curls um, or seated leg curls. Uh, single leg RDLs are great because you don't need much weight for it. Um, it requires a lot of stability, and you can really place a lot of tension on the stretch phase of that single leg negative. Pistol squats are always great, whether you can do a master grass or just to a box and pause. Pistol or, or assisted, you can hold on to something. Pistol squats are amazing quad builders, um, and you don't need anything. Blood flow restriction. If you have uh, blood flow restriction bands, knee wraps, or even an ace bandage. Now, I recommend everybody research how to do this properly because it can be dangerous if you do it too tight. Um, you don't want to make it into a straight-up tourniquet, but what you want to do is squeeze off the limb either at the growing at the calf or um, in your armpit because you're going to focus on calves, quads, hamstrings, and uh, biceps It's and triceps. It's more of like a limb builder. But this is a great way that you can do – you can do like really lightweight curls with blood flow restriction. So you could fill up like a 64-ounce a, a water bottle, let's say, like something that's not really going to apply much weight, like five pounds in your hands. But you can do 30-plus reps with a bl blood flow restriction band on and your biceps are going to be on fire. Do close grip push-ups on an elevated – bench same thing your your triceps are going to be on fire and you can superset that with the uh the the curls while you're doing it uh, but blood flow restriction air squats are great split squats are great rdls are great like hip bridges are great blood flow restriction bands are the perfect thing to be using right now you can get them on amazon for like 20 to 30 bucks so i highly recommend people grab those um towel and table rows so like hooking a towel or a sheet over the door frame or going underneath your uh your table and just doing rows where you're just literally have your hands in a pronated position that works unbelievably well dips on chairs work well dips on the bench work well um towel curls you can put a towel under your foot and grab each end of the uh towel lean back and do curls and just apply resistance through your foot so you're letting you're bending your knee as you're letting the towel come up because you're going to give yourself enough uh, you're going to leave yourself enough uh 
time or, or, or ease, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but you're going to essentially let yourself do the curl. You want to let yourself do the movement, but you're still applying tension slowly with your foot against the towel to give you that applied tension on the bicep. And you're just, again, focusing on staying in that five to 15 rep range, focusing on effort and just applying enough tension with your foot to create maximal pump in the bicep. Really, really good one. Um, YTIs are great. So like doing like face pulls and posterior flies essentially on a bench or lying flat on the floor with like cans of soup or water bottles. Um, push-up variations. There's a million pike-ups, pike push-ups where you're like basically doing an overhead, you're doing a handstand push-up, but it's, it's way easier to do because you can do it on the floor with your feet on a bench. So people who can't just pop up into a handstand can do it as well. It's great for your shoulders. Um, sit-ups and planks and all kinds of Russian twists and things like that for your core. If you have bands, band rows, flies, curls, extensions, um, you can do a, a, a leg extension by attaching a band around a post, putting it around your knee and leaning in so your knee flexes almost like you're doing ankle mobility and then just extend your knee. So you're not doing as big of a range of motion as a normal knee extension, but you're doing enough to where you're locking out and you're applying resistance on the back of your knee against that band, which is forcing the peak contraction to be the extension of the knee, which is hard to, it's hard to mimic a leg extension with body weight, but that's a good way to do it. Um, airborne lunges are great. Single leg hip thrusts are great. Band leg extensions, like I said, um, tricep extensions with the band, band Bulgarian split squats. You can put a band under your front foot, hold it in your hands, and you're just squatting against it. Um, fuck body weight, Bulgarian spit squats suck. Backpack squats, fill up a backpack with as much shit as you can, hold it in front like a sandbag. There's so many variations that we really have no excuse. And again, this goes back to the whole idea that muscles are stupid. We just have to get creative. So any way you can apply resistance or load to create tension on the muscle is going to work. Your body is not going to go, I don't know if this is a sandbag or is this a backpack full of DVDs and books. It doesn't know. All it knows is there is a load in the front and I am holding it in, in a zercher position and I'm squatting. I need to brace my core. I need to, to prepare my legs to squat heavy, right? That's it. That's it. <sighs> so get creative. Muscle are stupid. That's number two. Number three, prioritize macros. I think that this is really, really important right now because we have more control over this than ever. Um, and I've said this before, but there's so many people that I'm proud of on that are members of ours that are just crushing their diet right now. And it's because of this, they're crushing their diet because they've never been so on point. They have no distractions. <laughs> they're just, there's no bars open. There's no parties to attend. There's, there's nothing they can do besides hit their numbers. And I think that's really important for us to, to kind of focus in on is like, if, if anything, this, this time will pass, take advantage of it though. Take advantage of the time being so you can lock in your diet and you can either a get the result you've been searching for B build the habits needed to consistently hit that goal after this is over or C feel like you're in control of something because at the end of the day, there's not a lot we can control right now. There's a ton of stuff that's uncertain uh, that's creating uncertainty in our lives. And the best way for us to have some kind of control and relieve that stress and anxiety is definitely going to be to take control of something and macros are one of those things. But then the other side of this too is macros are the easiest way to manipulate your body composition as we know. So if you want to see changes in your physique, you probably should be tracking macros at least to an extent where you can learn how macros work. Um, so you can use them, get the result from them and then understand how to intuitively because you use them. Right. But again, this is just goes back to, this is a perfect time to do that. And since we can't go to the gym, what better way to maximize your results than to really dial in your macros and adjust those based on what you're doing? Because I mean, at the end of the day, like we got to think too, 
we're props for some people they're burning less calories some people they're burning more i'm probably burning more calories than i was before um because i'm walking so much now like my step count almost doubled since this happened because i one i have more time and and two like because i'm cooped up i want to get out and walk and be in fresh air by myself and just reflect so i'm like taking like four or five walks a day and my steps are through the roof. So I didn't have to drop calories. For some people, they're moving a lot less. So pay attention to that. You might need to drop carbs a little bit because you're not utilizing as many carbs since you're not moving as much. And that's okay for the time being. But you wouldn't know what to do or how to do that if you weren't tracking your macros. So dialing in your macros allows you to adjust based on what your actual activity level is now because there, it, it's a really 50-50 split. I have a lot of clients that are like, man, I'm taking way more walks than normal. So we're not ta- changing their macros. They're burning more fat because they're just more active and that created a bigger deficit. And then for some individuals, I have to drop calories a little bit because they're moving less and we have to make up for that difference in energy expenditure they're experiencing now that they are um, in quarantine essentially. So, but again, the, the key here is I'm prioritizing macros. And then the other side of that too is, is prioritizing the macros that are going to help you maintain muscle when volume is lower. So if you aren't able to do as much volume as you were before, we need to make sure that you're eating enough protein to, to really solidify and, and maintain that muscle that you already have. Because the best way to maintain muscle is to A, train, and B, eat more than enough protein. So you might even be wanting to eat a little bit extra protein, especially because it'll keep you full so you don't snack while you're sitting at home. Um, and then last but not least, Making sure that you're you're kind of placing your carbs in the right times of day based on your workout since you're probably less active. It's going to be more important to, to time your nutrients properly, um, which we just shot a video for. So we'll link that in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. A nutrient timing video that was really good. But the, the main point with number three is that you just need to prioritize your macros. That's the biggest key here. Um, I think if you don't know where your macros are at, you kind of are shooting in the dark. There's a lot of things you can be doing right now to enhance your progress while you're stuck at home with your macros. And if your energy expender has changed because your activity has changed, you need to know where your macros are at in order to adjust. If you don't, you literally can't adjust. Um, number four, get extra sleep. We all know how important sleep is. I did a couple episodes with sleep scientists on my podcast, but sleep deprivation starts to happen at six hours. So if you're only getting six hours or less, you're literally starting to be in sleep deprivation, which is crazy because that's not that bad. Like I've, there's been plenty of days over the years where I just hit six hours and I felt fine. But the reality is that's not enough. You're underperforming. So now that you can, like I highly suggest everybody either get to bed earlier or sleep in a little bit later if you can. Like a lot of people aren't commuting to work and they don't, or they're they're literally not working or they're working from home. And both of those things will lead to the ability to have more time. Get your give yourself an extra hour of sleep, even if this is only for a month and you don't go back to normal life sleeping seven, eight hours a night and you go back to normal, you will get a lot out of spending a whole month sleeping seven to eight hours a night. Shit, eight to nine if you can. Um, there's been plenty of studies where people, athletes have increased performance, changed body composition, built more muscle tissue just because they got more sleep than the other group. All other variables were exactly the same. So just knowing that sleep is the best way to make sure your hormonal balance is proper, your metabolism is fast and high um, and productive for you and it's efficient um, and you're rebuilding muscle tissue faster, which is going to lead to more fat loss as well. It's just, it's, it's a no brainer. I've seen people go from like five and a half, six hours sleep to uh, six and a half, seven hours. So just literally getting an hour, hour and a half more sleep and being in the good range, changing nothing else and seeing insane fat loss or, or muscle growth. I've seen both ends because I've, I've used this with so many people over the years. It's like, hey, before we change anything with your diet, 
we're just going to get some more sleep. And it makes a huge difference. So the number four is get more sleep. And I think nobody really has the excuse right now um, to not get more sleep because every, almost everybody has less to do. There's still some individuals, obviously, shout out to all my nurses and doctors. I have some um, that are close to me in my life and they're working their asses off. So I know that not everybody is in this situation. Um, I mean, I'm to be honest with you, my, my routine hasn't changed just because I still have a lot of work to do and I still have a lot of people to, to uh, work for. So I get up at the same time, but I also make sure I get seven hours of sleep. So I'm not somebody that needs to make an excuse anyway. The point being, at the end of the day, number four, get extra sleep. It's only going to help your results and nobody has the excuse right now. Number five, more daily steps. So for most people, this is fine. I mean, we are quarantined, but I don't think any uh, anyone is completely unable to go outside at this point. Um, hopefully that doesn't change. Uh, I know for us, we can't be around other people here in Washington, but we can at least go walk around. So I'm taking frequent walks. Um, I, we have a treadmill in the gym, so I'm walking on the treadmill or I am walking around the building or I am walking around my neighborhood. Um, I'm getting fresh air and I'm getting outside and I'm getting steps. And, and I've literally seen about, so my steps went from like five to 6,000 on average to like nine to 11,000 on average. So like a huge jump per day just because I started taking more walks because honestly, I just need to f- reflect more. I need fresh air more. I need to get outside more. And I think everybody's probably in the same boat. So don't be afraid to go outside and get some steps in. And this could literally be doing laps around your yard. It could be just walking to the mailbox. If you can't go outside, if, if you really are stuck inside, because I know some countries are, are locked down pretty crazy aggressively, walk up and down the stairs. Like do anything you can walk around your house. Anything you can do to get your step count up, I think is really valuable right now because a lot of people are being put into a position that is more sedentary since we have to be indoors. We have to stay inside working from home. We're not interacting with people. So not only from a standpoint of like you need to get your energy expenditure back up to what it was, but also movement in general improves your move. There's, there's plenty of endorphins and neurotransmitters that are released and produced when we are moving or exercising. And the less we do, the more likely we are to be depressed, sad, moody, irritable, anxiety ridden. Um, and that's not good. So in a time like this, it's even more important to move because we don't have the pleasure of speaking with other individuals. I just sent uh, Travis, my media guy text. He's gonna laugh because he obviously edits all these. And I was like, yeah, we should FaceTime this weekend. I, I need to see somebody's face <laughs> and talk to them. And he's our laughing, but we're going to FaceTime. And, and that's like, that's our way of connecting now, you know, and, and that's insane. But my point being is since we can't really rely on other human beings and social inter- interactions to support our mood and our happiness, we need to do something else. And that's going to be movement in general. Split workouts up to two a day. So this is number six. This is totally optional. Not everybody has to do this, but a lot of people, you know, it's hard to do a hour and a half body weight workout in the house. It's very easy to do an hour and a half workout in the gym. So for some people, it helps to do like two 30 minute workouts or two 20 minute workouts. So you could literally go upper body in the morning, lower body in the evening, 30 minutes each, all upper, all body weight and band work. Then the next day, go on a run, do cardio, whatever, and then get back to uh, two a day with upper lower the next day. So four days a week, you're doing two a days of upper lower and three days a week, you're going on a run, right? And it's, and it's just like an alternate day switch. Uh, but you could also do full body every day. You could, do, you could do upper body every day. So you could do push in the morning, pull at night. Legs in the morning, you could do like pull, so all hamstrings and glutes in the morning. Push, so all quads and calves at night. 
um, and abs maybe, and then repeat. So you're just going basically upper, lower, upper, lower every day, but you're splitting your workouts into push and pull morning and night. But either way, this helps some people because you can go 30 minutes really hard, really intense, get your heart rate up, feel good, and then you can sit around all day and then you can get back and do something active in, at the night too, especially if you can't go walk around. Um, but because the workouts are shorter typically when we're doing band and body weight stuff, it's helpful to know that you can split them up and do two a days. And for some people that works really well. Number seven, add tempos and pause prescriptions. I think this is really important. Um, you know, in general, volume and intensity are pretty much the things that matter most. So if we're trying to build muscle, we're trying to get stronger, whatever it is, we really need to make sure that our volume and our intensity are there. That's, that's the biggest thing. Are you putting in the effort? Are you lifting enough weight? And are you doing enough volume? That's what's going to lead to the results. But at the end of the day, like right now, we can't really rely on that because the volume of push-ups isn't going to be the same as the volume of bench press um, unless you do a lot of fucking push-ups. And even then, it's not the same stimulus because you can't create as much variation. Uh, but that's okay. What can we do to intensify this? Well, we can do slow negatives. We can do slow concentrics. We can do pauses at the bottom and top. We can do quarter reps. We can do literally like segmented reps. So you're doing like a, a push-up and you're pausing at a quarter, half, all the way down, quarter, half, all the way up. Um, and you're doing these like pauses throughout the movement. You can do that with squats and lunges and RDLs and rows and everything, curls. Um, but this is a really good time to use intensification techniques that aren't really research driven for the most part, because we know that sometimes doing too much, too many of these like partial range, these slow negative stuff like that with heavy loads actually just lowers our ability to lift those heavy loads. Um, and it actually lowers our volume sometimes, sometimes we can do things like, uh, negatives and things like that. And it will lead to better results. Like pause reps are great for building strength at, at times. But a lot of times it doesn't allow us to get more volume because it can fatigue us more. But when we're only working with a pair of dumbbells or bands or just body weight even, it's actually even better because it allows us to go right back to number one, which was chasing the effort piece and making sure you're hitting enough RPE or, or you have a low enough RIR reps in reserve. A really easy way to ensure that is by adding these intensification techniques. Add a slow negative, add a slow concentric, add pauses, add things like that that are going to intensify the movements that are very simple right now so you can cut the reps down but keep the intensity high. So instead of doing 30 fucking reps of push-ups on every set, you're adding these intensification techniques with pauses and negatives and tempos and it's allowing you to do half the reps so you're saving half time and still getting the same effort and intensity. Really, really important for times like this. Number eight is myo reps and drop sets. Just to tag along on the, the last point, doing myo reps and drop sets are really important. Um, a myo rep is going to be something where, so let's say I'm doing a, a seated band curl. So I'm sitting flat on the floor and I have a band around my feet and I'm doing rows. I'm sorry, not curls, rows. I do 10 rows. Then I'm going to release and I'm going to breathe three times. That's kind of what it is. It's usually between five and 10 seconds, but three times. And then I go three reps breathe three times, three reps, breathe three times, three reps. And I do that as many times as I can until I can no longer get three reps. So let's so I say I go 10 reps and then I go three, 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 two, I'm done. As soon as I hit two and I can't get a, a solid full range of motion, three reps, I'm done. Uh, but you just added an extra 12 reps or more onto that set because you did these myo reps. So myo reps are really good when we just want to add, again, intensification. You can do these on your final set. So let's say you have four sets of 10 on these seated band rows. On your fourth set, add a myo rep set. 
really easy way to make it fun, make it intense, and push yourself near failure to create that stimulus that we're after. Um, another thing you can do is drop sets, and drop sets are pretty easy. Let's say you have three different bands. Now you're doing the seated band row. You do the thickest band for as many as you can. Let's say you get eight. Then you grab the lighter band, you do as many as you can, you get 10. And then you grab the lightest band and you get like 12. Well, you just added way more volume in a shorter period of time to create more metabolite accumulation by just lowering the type of band you are using. Another way you can do this is like a push-up. You can do an incline push-up by putting your feet up on a, on a table or a bench. Do as many push-ups as you can. Then go to flat push-ups. Do as many as you can. Then go to your knees and do push-ups and do as many as you can. And then you can go to an incline. You can like elevate your hands onto a bench. So you go from doing a basically an incline press to a decline press. Every time we lower the angle and we raise our, our torso up and our feet down, we are making it easier on ourselves. So that's a mechanical drop set for a push-up. You can do that with an incline dumbbell bench press too. So you can do an incline press, low incline press, flat press, and then a decline press. And it's a way that you can use the same exact weights of dumbbells and you just keep going while somebody keeps lowering the back of your bench for you. But you can do that with push-ups. So there's a lot of ways to do myo reps and drop sets. But the point being is, again, now is a perfect time to add these intensification techniques because when we don't have any weight to use, it's not going to hinder our results. It's actually going to increase our results because it allows us to get more volume and get closer to failure, which sometimes is hard to do with just body weight, bands, or minimal equipment. Number nine is conditioning work. You should be working on your conditioning right now. Right now is a good time where you can just jump rope. You can do every minute on the minute burpees or swings. You can do go on a run. Conditioning is a really important variable that a lot of people forget about, especially if you're chasing muscle growth. I think that people assume cardio is bad, but cardio develops your energy system. So if you're doing the right types of cardio and you're, you're alternating them and programming them the right way, you're going to build your energy systems and your, your metabolic ability. So if you can increase your energy systems and metabolic capacity and aerobic capacity, your body's going to recover faster between sets, reps, workouts, so on and so forth. So it'll actually allow you to potentially do more volume in the future because you don't have to take as long between sets. You recover quicker between reps, which means you could probably do more reps with the same load. You recover better between sessions. So there's a lot of value inside of cardio and metabolic training just for the simple standpoint of you can recover faster. You can get better with an aerobic ability and it can lead to better results in the future. But add to that, obviously, it can help you cut weight. It can help you burn more calories. It can help you improve your cardiovascular health, which can also improve your immune health if you're working in the oxidative zone. There's a lot of good research on that to improve your immune system, which is a, a good thing right now, obviously. But point being is, is this is a good time to work on conditioning because you don't need much and you can make it work. Um, and the last thing on today, I put water, sodium, easy carbs. I think now's a really good time to prioritize the little rocks because why not? Like we have so much control. Let's focus on the little things. Are you eating the, like, let's, let's really dial through your nutrition. Let's dial through your meals. Let's look through all the ingredients you're consuming. Let's see what digests really well. Let's track how your digestion is, how your stress is, how your sleep is, how your energy is based on what you are eating. Let's pay ultra attention to your biofeedback so we can create your best diet possible essentially. And the reason I put water, sodium, and easy carbs is because one of the ways that we can increase training performance, increase the pump, increase performance, increase the ability to recover and in our, our actual muscular endurance when we're trying to crank out a ton of air squats or push-ups, water, 
carbs, sodium. Those three things fuel our performance. So making sure you're getting the right types of sodium um, in your diet, making sure you're drinking enough water, and making sure you're sticking with easy carbs that are that are going to convert into muscle glycogen really quickly. Something like white rice is so simple and easy. Put some salt on it, drink some water, have, have your workout an hour later, you're going to have a better workout, I guarantee, if you have those things. Lean protein, white rice, salt, water. Um, so my point with that one is, is twofold. One, you can prioritize these little details to improve your performance. And right now we need every little inch we can get since we're doing everything with minimal equipment and minimal ability. Um, and then the other side of this too is, is now's a good time to focus on the minutia, to focus on the minor details, because when else is there a good time to focus on all the little details without getting overwhelmed? Now is the best time to look at the little things inside your diet and, and really tweak and perfect every little inch of it. So that's all I got for you guys today. 10 things that you can use to optimize your results while you're at home. I hope you were enjoying uh, your quarantine as much as possible by self-developing. I think it's really, really important. I want to leave every podcast with just a quick note on the fact that you guys should all be striving to do more. This is a great time to work on ourselves, to read, to journal, to speak with other individuals, to meditate, to pray, do whatever you need to do to get yourself on point and get yourself to the best version of yourself. Because when this is over, you will be 10 times further than everybody else if you spend this time wisely. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.